This is episode 705 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, finding a prepper group. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only video, periodic webinars, and bi-monthly online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey, as we get started, I also wanted to share out a new project that I just finished working on. I put together a small group video-based Bible study called Is Preparedness Biblical? Now, this is perfect for Sunday school groups, small groups, home groups, or just a group of friends who want to get together and want to look at scripture, but also learn about preparedness and how to get prepared. The Bible study comes with a leader's guide, complete with two sets of discussion questions for each session, Bible study questions and preparedness questions. I've also included preparedness-based icebreakers and other resources that would be valuable to anyone going through the study. Now, if you're interested in starting a small group for your friends, or even if you would like to make your church or pastor aware of this study, you can find the link in the show notes. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. I have a very different one for you today, one that I've never really done before. So um, I've done interviews, I've, I read articles most of the time. Sometimes I kind of go off on my own and just uh, share you know, my thoughts and experiences and, and just you know, go from there. But on this one, I actually polled my email list. And so uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. So here's the thing. On the top of many preppers wish list is the desire to find a prepper group or a MAG, which stands for Mutual Assistance Group. But because of operational security and prepping supplies being limited, many preppers don't make it public that they prep. So this can lead to isolation and even loneliness as preppers don't have someone they can talk to or share ideas or even find encouragement. Finding a prepper group or other preppers can be an important benefit to those who are wanting to truly get prepared. It might be helpful to think outside of the box. And guys, that's what I would try to do this time around. I try to think a little bit outside of the box because this, this topic keeps resurfacing over and over again. And I don't know if it's because of maybe COVID and people being or feeling a little bit more isolated, but this conversation keeps coming up over and over about finding other people, linking to other people, even in the exclusive email group. That has been part of the conversation. We have someone in the group who's made a, a map where if you want to share out your zip code, you can just kind of share it out. And it doesn't give any more information than that. We're pretty careful about the the information that we give out. In fact, uh, we've, we've turned off probably about a year ago the ability to see where emails were coming from. So, um, you know, unless you identify yourself, you know, people don't know who actually is sending the emails. But there's a lot of preparedness or great preparedness information being shared and just news information and all different kinds of things. But uh, one of our members, and I won't share his name because I don't know if he wants me to share it out or not, but he just kind of started plotting zip codes down. 
And as you know, that was going on, you know, people were like, hey, put me in, you know, my zip code and make sure I'm here. And so people could reach out or at least say, hey, I'm in this zip code. If you want to reach out, here is my, you know, my email, send me an email and let's connect. But it's not just in that email group. It's I, I get emails all the time of people like, hey, Todd, do you know somebody in my area? So one of the things I've recently did, in fact, this last week is I sent down an email to my email list, to, to the big email list, not the email group, but the email list. And I asked for any kind of stories or experiences that people had. And I was blown away by uh, all the stories, by all the emails uh, of all, you know, all the information. And people have so many different experiences out there. And I thought, man, it'd be really great to share this information out there and just, uh, you know, give a little bit of commentary, a little bit, you know, some of the information that I have learned over the years and uh, maybe help people out there who are trying to find others to prep and maybe change some some mindsets, maybe, uh, you know, give you some ideas and kind of go from there. And so I've removed all the specific information, you know, like cities, people, people let me know, who, you know, what city they were in. Let me know what state they were in, some even countries, and some even gave me really specific information that uh, I, I took out like whole paragraphs because I'm like, I, I don't, it's like very specific information. And so if someone in the group, uh, in their group heard it or whatever, that they would be able to identify them. So I'm very careful about all the information that I'm sharing, but this is just kind of general information here about preparedness groups and linking up with other preppers. So one of the things I did was I tried to loosely categorize these emails that I that I received. And I didn't I'm not using every email because I received a whole bunch of them, but I'm receiving a good or I'm using a good portion of them. And so, uh, like I said, I kind of loosely grouped them together. And uh, I just want to kind of share these with you, some of the stories, some of the experiences, some of the observations, and then kind of go from there. So I'm going to go ahead and start with my first category, and it's probably the biggest one. And if I was to name this category, I'm going to name it Prepping Alone. And so I want to jump into some of these. So here we go. Thanks for reaching out and with a very good question. Unfortunately, I am alone in my prepping. I put out a Craigslist ad and never heard back from anyone. I have talked to friends and family, but they all just think I'm crazy or something. I am in, and then remove the city. And I know there are other preppers out there. I just don't know how to find them. I've seen people charging for prep prepping and some just seem strange. I haven't had the advantage of randomly running across anyone who's willing to be in my or my prepper partner or any groups with me and my two kids who are five. I would absolutely love to find someone that thinks like me and is into prepping and being ready for when SHTF. I really hope your project changes that and if you need any help or support please reach out again so one of the things i, I want to mention here because a couple of people mentioned my my project my project was to you know get information so I, I i hope i didn't give the wrong impression like i'm trying to start a network or anything like that um and then i'll share a little bit more about some of the ideas that i have uh afterwards but there's a lot of people that feel like they are prepping alone and they and they just haven't been able to find anyone even putting out a craigslist ad you know, people would look at you like, really? I mean, what is this person? What is this person thinking? And so, you know, there's a lot of that. I, I remember the very first time I looked on Meetup, I was able to find a couple of groups in the Houston area on Meetup. One was kind of defunct already, wasn't meeting anymore. And one was barely starting up. 
So I met some some good people, but it was just it really wasn't more than just kind of a get together type of thing, you know. And that can be very helpful um, because you're able to bounce ideas. But if you're looking for a group to be able to come together, you know, like your James uh, Rawls's Patriots, right? When the poop hits the fan, everybody converges on one place and survives, you know, until things get back to normal or I don't know, whatever, you know, that they're able to survive the collapse. That's a lot harder to do. All right. So next up, I'm trying to find a prepper group in the state and city I removed area, and it's proven difficult. I know there are preppers here, but how to make contact is difficult. And that's the key. I mean, I mentioned that at the very beginning is a lot of preppers do not want to share specific information. And so it's kind of like, you know, where do we, how do we, how do we initially connect? How do we kind of vet each other? So we're not, uh, we kind of feel like we are in, in the same situation. And there's a, there's a lot to it, man. There's a lot of work that goes into that. And so you, you have to understand that. I remember when I first started the, uh, the podcast, I put it out there just here in the Houston area. If anybody wanted to kind of meet for uh, just a kind of a get together, and and we did, you know, we did that a couple of times. And I've met some really great people. We haven't done it since then. It's been probably three years since we we met. Uh, we did that about twice, and that was kind of cool. And maybe we need to do that again for other people that are in the Houston area. But uh, you know, there you go. That's that's kind of one way. You just kind of you have to start feeling people out, right? And it's very hard to make uh, contact. Next up, again, remember, we're in this category of feeling like you're prepping alone. Uh, Next up, I appreciate everything you do for the prepper groups and individuals. I'm retired and spend a lot of time with my only grandson near state and city removed. I sold my home and have an RV that I travel in from one coast to the other. Although I have a son, he is not big into prepping, even though he's had a great deal of wilderness training. I try to store things in a storage area that's not climate controlled. I look at the map of your group, and so again, they're referencing that group that one of our members put together, and the group has been updating, but there are more preppers east than in California, and I would tell you there's a lot more in California or on the West Coast. They just haven't shared out their information. I'll I'll just say that. I am a member of CERT and try to be active in my state or in my community and am somewhat new ham. I guess I do what I can but expect I will be alone when the SHTF scenario comes about. Good to read what others are doing so I don't feel so alone. So this is a member of uh, the exclusive email group. And so that's what they're referring to. Again, the map and then referring to reading what other people are doing and how helpful that is to be able to uh, learn, you know, and bounce ideas off of people. And, And so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, again, a lot of people are in that situation. Um, RV, RV prepping is, uh, it seems like it's starting to become a little bit more of a big deal, but, um, the issue that you're facing there is, uh, storage, right? So there is, a this email mentioned, uh, a, a, a storage area that's not climate controlled. So, I mean, you, you can put stuff in there that doesn't need to, you know, like if you're, you can't do food there, right? And so that's something to consider there. I also have a really good friend who lost a lot of, it wasn't preparedness, some of the preparedness stuff, but just a lot of their, their, their stuff because it was in a climate controlled area that was not, or in a storage area that was not taken care of and it was leaking and water and mold and everything kind of got in there. So it's something that if you are going to use a storage area, you need to make sure that you are you know, going in there every so often and checking it and making sure things are safe, maybe keeping things off of the floor, 
and um, you know making sure it's not your your real real valuable items that you can always get to. Again, another person who is feeling kind of lonely, kind of feeling like they're kind of out there on their own. All right, so next up in this category, just in case you're keeping a tally, count me among the solo preppers. This feels especially dangerous in my already somewhat hostile urban area. I thank you for your outreach and information to help us. I mean, I, I feel, you know, for people who are in this situation, uh, you know, you always hear people say, hey, move out to the country, you know, move out to, you know, to a, to a safer place. And people who can do that, okay, great. There's some people that can't do that for whatever reason it might be. And so when the poop hits the fan, it's going to be a lot harder to, uh, you know, to, to, to find those areas where you're going to feel safe and you're going to be able to to uh, survive and, and get through without having to deal with all the craziness of an urban area. And so that's really another topic and something probably needs to, uh, something we need to visit here real soon about uh, urban prepping and what you're doing if you're in the city. All right, next up here, I quite simply wouldn't know where to start looking. I live in the, and this is a country removed, and I only know one half person who preps. I mean that she has a big larder, but wouldn't describe herself as a prepper. In fact, I'm probably only a half prepper too, having stocked up because of an event, a certain event that they're mentioning here, on a couple of years supply of the supplements and drugs me and my dementia dad take, plus taking six months of a herbal medicine course, stocking a larder enough to cope with food sh shortages, but not social breakdown. I have to rely on the Lord otherwise. I live on benefits and my dad's pension, so we have to get what we can afford. I've also spent a few years teaching myself how to grow fruit and vegetables and make repair and bod or bodge clothes, skills that I think other preppers may need. All right, so again, this so this prepper is from a different country and they were prepping for a specific event in that country. So you can kind of like let your mind go there. And again, I was uh, removing specific information. But here's here's one of the things. This, this person doesn't feel like they are prepared enough. And I would say you're not, you're looking at yourself. You're not looking at yourself in, in the right light. Because I think when I, when I hear someone says, Hey, I've taken six months of an herbal medicine course, man, that's somebody that I would want to be around and know and stocking up a larder, you know, enough for six months of, of, uh, you know, supply. That's more than I can tell you the great, 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 I would say 99% of people, if you have six months or more. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things you're prepping on what you can afford, but you also know that you need to uh, prep, right? And so you're, you're continuing on that journey, which is great. Uh, growing fruits and vegetables and, you know, repairing clothes and skills. I mean, this is someone that you would want in your group, right? This is someone who has knowledge that would be very, very helpful in a, a situation, an SHTF situation. So the issue here, again, though, is they feel kind of alone because they don't know where to start looking for other people. And that's, you know, one of those one of those deals. OK, so moving along to the next email, I am fairly new to prepping less than a year. Hubby and I moved from a fairly large city, which is exploding in population since the scandemic started. We now live in a small town of less than a thousand. Most people stick to themselves and are not overly friendly. Having come from a city of close to 500,000, I am not a very trusting person. I have not tried to look for other preppers. To be honest, I would rather go it alone. I don't want others to know what I am doing. 
I do follow a couple of preppers on YouTube along with this site. All right, so this is this is an example of someone who rather be by themselves, you know, coming from a large city and seeing all the things that happen in a large city versus a small town. I can kind of see that maybe over time they would start to, uh, as they built relations, uh, you know, relationships and stuff like that with other people around, they've been there less than a year. They might change a little bit of their mind and their mindset on that as they're able to trust people and the pace of life might be a little bit different in a town of 1,000 versus 500,000, especially, you know, the crime and all the other things that you're dealing with in a big city. And so that, that might wind up changing. The issue with wanting to be alone is that's all well if, if you're in a situation where everything is kind of stable, you know, where, you know, people aren't trying to get to you or um, you're still able to get things that you need. Uh, you're still able to order online or you're still able to go to the, the grocery store and stuff like that. But if it was a true, complete grid down situation, could you or do you have all the skills that you would need to survive? And that's one of those questions to uh, to consider. All right, so next up in this category. Hello, Todd. I've had people come and want to start prepping, then just give up and stop. Others have moved away, taking their skill sets with them. No one really wanted to teach others or have the time to. I keep pressing on, hoping I won't be the only one. I can't afford to prepare for everyone. It's hard to get through to them. People think it's going to get back to normal, not really realizing it's not just what's happening now. It's for a job loss or a power outage or some weather storm. Also, the ones that leave think it's going to be easy to get back to the group. Try to explain if roads are blocked up or power is out, you're not getting gas. Nothing seems to stick. Sometimes I just feel I'll be the one bugging out just to get away from the crazy that's expected of, of me to do for others. I'll keep trying to talk, teach, explain the best I can with what little knowledge I have. Always starting over is hard to keep up a nice attitude. Yeah, so uh, that's one of the deals. When you start connecting with preppers or you start connecting with people that see the need to prep and then, all right, life starts happening. People have kids, people have jobs, people have you know things that they need to do. Like when are you getting together and when are you going through plans? When are you making plans? When are you actually you know looking at, hey, what do you have and what do I have? And do you really want to do that? Because then you're kind of showing all of your hands. And that's always the situation. And then you have a, a group that seems to be, or maybe a couple or a family that you seem to be getting along with. And maybe somebody gets a, a transfer, their job transfers them to another city or to another state. And then you lose that person that you've been, re, you know, depending on. And, and, you know, then if you really think about it, you're, you're putting yourself out there. And people know that you prep. So if the poop hit the fan, they would be winding up coming to you. That's why this person is saying like, <laughs> I might be bugging out just to get away from all these, all the craziness, right? And then always trying to find new people and trying to help new people understand. You're always trying to build up that, you know, just, just, you know, build up or have that conversation, I guess is what I'm trying to say and helping people understand and come along. It can feel very, very defeating. And again, wind up feeling like you're, all alone. All right, next is I'm going to have to think about this. I went through a divorce and my ex went mad. And all of a sudden I was this insane survivalist who couldn't be trusted to even be in court with her. 
Funny, it didn't bother her before. Plus, if I had seen her, I might have noticed she was four months pregnant and I hadn't been near her in a year. Okay, that's kind of ouch, right? If I can think anything at all good, it would be I learned to keep my mouth shut and keep on making money and retired young. Now at 62, I'm secure. And I like being me. I'm happy. and I don't have anyone to answer to. I have an outstanding relationship with the Lord. I go to church five days a week. I ride motorcycles, shoot, visit relatives. Some of them I do support. In general, I live the good life. I have, thanks to your website and others, an eye on the world and enjoy giving advice about anything prepper related. I have food and water and a really extensive firearm collection and everything prepper related you could ask for that I think I would need. What I'm saying is I'm happier than ever and why rock the boat? So again, another person that's kind of happy being being by themselves, you know, being alone, prepping alone. Um, yeah, again, uh, I completely understand that. You know, I completely understand that. The only thing is that as you get older, so this person's 62. And so, you know, that's not, you know, we're, we're not up there in age yet. But as you get older, and I, I hear from a lot of people who are, um, you know, older, you know, in their 80s and they feel, um, you know, they feel like they there's not a lot that they can contribute physically. So when you get to that point and maybe you need medical help and if you're on your own, what do you, you know, what do you do at that point? So that's one of those questions. It's the same kind of idea if you're homesteading and you're out there, you know, and you're in a very isolated part of um, the county or a part of the state, which is you're away from people. But if you have a medical emergency, what do you do? And, and how do you get to something quickly? You know, you have a heart attack or you have, uh, you know, there, there's some kind of other situation that happens and you need medical help right away. You know, in a city, you can call 911 and get an ambulance pretty quickly. But what happens when you're way, way out there? It's the same kind of idea. Now, I did hear there was somebody in the group a while back who did mention that there was an insurance that you could buy that would uh, send out like a, a helicopter. So, you know, it would send out a helicopter to your place uh, to, to get you and then to get you back into, you know, a city or, you know, to a medical facility. I thought that was kind of cool. I'd never heard of that until the time that they mentioned that. So that is out there. If you are in that situation, I don't know how much it costs, but um, that's something that you might want to consider. OK, so the next category is one that I'm going to call crazy. Right. And so these people feel like others think that they're crazy. So here's the first one is, hi, Todd. So far, most people see me as a freak, that there is no problem with the food supply, electricity, etc. I have found one person who understands as, and has commenced prepping food, still looking for more. And that's that's the case. You know, we, it really it depends on how you approach it. I mean, that's one of the, I mean, I've talked about that before in the past. If you come, you know, like, hey, there's, you know, we're all going to die. You know, the powers that be, there's this conspiracy that's trying to kill off the food supply. And, and, and you know, you start going at it that way. Yeah, people are going to tune you out. If you talk about it from a just a, again, I, I use COVID. I try to use being down here on the Gulf Coast. I use uh, hurricanes a lot. You know, just being prepared for a hurricane, not having to go out there and uh, fight the crowds, you know, when when they announce that a hurricane is coming because you're already prepared. But, you know, with the whole COVID thing, you could always go back to where we were in, in March and April and, and the different shortages that we experienced. I mean, that was one of the things in the group that we were talking about when we had our online meetups is that there were there were shortages, you know, and you know, we were seeing like uh, 
products that we had never seen before. And, you know, people, grocery stores were trying to bring in all kinds of products uh, that, you know, just to try to fill the stores and or fill the shelves. And so there was like, you know, green beans, you know, cans of green beans. Like I've never heard of this specific brand before, but it's, it's coming in here. So they were getting whatever it was to fill. And so, you know, that's one of those things that, that winds up happening. But yeah, people are going to, you know, think think you're crazy depending on how you approach it. I think that that's really important. All right, so next up in this category, sadly, it, it has been very difficult with my finances and family income to do any food prepping at all. I ask others whom seem to have a good head on their shoulders and they had if they have any preps as well. The general consensus is that when I set set up this topic, it is not taken seriously. Dropped or the sentiments of don't be a buzzkill is what I'm constantly met with. This is common even with my wife, who's kind of on board. So I fear, fear very much for my family. If something goes south, we're sitting ducks. But as I am resigned to live and die with my family, I leave it in God's hands as I have no other resources but to him or, or recourse but to him. Thank you for your letter and tell other people out there that despite all this, I still keep trying, even if it's just to get a change of mind. God bless. So I appreciate that one. And definitely um, I'm right along with this person here as depending on the Lord. But you do as much as you can. I think this person is doing that, right? You do as much as you can. And uh, then you have to have faith and trust in the Lord. Now, you know, again, I'm going to go to speaking to the fact of what are you, how are you bringing this up how, do, how is it coming up in the conversations? And, you know, is there some natural disaster that you can talk about? Do you live in places where there's, uh, you know, blizzards, again, hurricanes, tornadoes? Uh, you know, you, again, you could talk about, hey, the and whether you believe it or not, you can use this as a point of conversation. Hey, the, the Delta variant is kind of starting, you know, people are talking about the Delta variant and that there could be more lockdowns. If there were lockdowns, do you have enough food in your pantry to get you through, you know, if there's shortages or not? And so that that's one way that I would use to start a conversation, right? One conversation starter there. But even with that, and even if you approach it as neatly as you can, for lack of a better term, there's still going to be people out there that are not going to want to receive what you have to say. And I go back to the scripture that says, don't, tur- don't uh, throw your pearls to the swine. There's going to be some people like you, you, you care about them. You want them to, you know, you know that if they prep, it'd be better for them, but they just don't want to hear it. So if, if you approach it and it doesn't work, then just back off, you know, and apparently at some point you just need to back off of people. And that needs to, that, you know, you need to be able to, to see that and know where you're not getting, uh, getting anywhere with someone. And I actually have uh, you know, a story that I'll, I'll talk about here uh, as we get towards the end. All right, next category is prepping in a rural setting. So I'm way out in the country in overwhelmingly red territory. Most of my neighbors have gardens and are prepared to defend themselves. Some have skills, but none are what I would call preppers. Due to OPSEC, I'm not willing to give them a tour of my place to see if there is some positive reaction. I know that there are others like me out there, but I don't know how to go about finding them. Frankly, I'd rather stay on my own than become known. Gossip goes a long way around here. As someone who is ready for disasters and can be relied on to help or any at all. I'd I'd not like to have to turn away a neighbor if I had to choose between them and my family. So completely understand. And, you know, rural settings 
are going to be a lot different. You know, people tend to have long memories, you know, in, in smaller, smaller uh, towns and in rural settings and different things like that. And so, yeah, I can completely understand where you wouldn't want to show them, uh, you know, your, your whole place and, and kind of break it down for them, give them a tour. And you shouldn't. I mean, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't ever be the case. Regardless of what, you know, if you find a group or not, whether you find people that you start to trust or not, I don't believe you should ever show all your cards. And I'm not talking about being deceitful or or anything like that. I'm just saying I, I don't think you show all your cards. And that might be a conversation that you need to have with if you have kids, you know, maybe you have teenagers or your wife or whatever, or your spouse. And, and it just, you know, hey, we don't always talk about everything, you know, it's like, hey, we, we just need to be careful about what we talk about. And so I think that's always important. All right, next up here in this category. Yeah, I know quite a few preppers in my area. People have been prepping for a lot longer than the word prepping became well known. For example, when your grandmother canned green beans and other vegetables, she was prepping just like her mother and grandmother before her. They didn't call it prepping back then, but that's what they were doing. And I love this one. It was short and sweet. And I've always said this. A lot of people, because we we use the term prepper and we throw it out there. I think that has some negative connotations, but being prepared, being ready for any kind of situation, whatever it might be, is just common sense. And so people have been doing that for years. People have been saving seeds. People have been canning people, you know, before there was 24 seven Walmarts and and all the, you know, Amazon and all that different kind of stuff. People just uh, lived that way. And so now we call it, you know, prepper, you know, being prepared or preppers and all, you know, doomsday preppers or whatever you want to survivalist and homesteaders. And we have all these different labels that you want to throw in there. But being prepared was just common sense. You know, putting away a little bit of food for hard times was just common sense or just stocking up and not wasting anything was just common common sense. And so. I think when when we start to consider other people, just like the the, the other person that I mentioned, who uh, you know was living with her with her dad who has dementia and uh, considers herself like a half prepper, you, there's people out there that have more skills than you realize, and in a true SHTF situation, you're going to want to uh, work with those people. You're going to want those people near you because they bring a lot to the table. All right, so next up in this uh, prepping in a rural setting here. I'm in the country removed here and am a prepper in a small way in that I put some food and supplies away that will last my family for a month or so. Prepping is not so big in this country and people don't talk about it quite so much as those doing it are probably viewed as a bit weird. Because of this, I haven't looked for anyone else locally to join up with. My daughter has moved in with her farmer boyfriend who lives in an isolated house in the country and they prep. So we talked to them. Because of our country connections, food, water, and game wouldn't be a problem. I am a target shooter and have a couple of rifles and shotguns. Talking to lots of other shooters, I have found many are closet preppers and shooting is done for sport and quietly for prepping. So just sharing my thoughts with you, I am quite, quietly confident my family would be okay. We have a place to go that is easily protected from other people who would be our biggest problem and supplies would be readily available. Only issue is I am a diabetic on insulin. So have about six months worth put away. But after that, I'd be screwed. 
My brother also shoots, but he's about 200 miles away. He has lots of guns and ammo, so would be most welcome to come stay with us. Another thing worth mentioning is all our kids are grown up and haven't started families yet. So there are no small children to worry about at the moment. I would like to face an SHTF situation. I wouldn't like to face an SHTF situation with small kids. All right, so a lot of cool stuff here. Um, I'm very glad that uh, this person has been able to make that jump from the target shooting and maybe like a gun club to finding closet preppers. And I think that is, that's important. That's one of the ways when we talk about, you know, where do we find other preppers is, you know, along those uh, kind of hobbies that you might have and people who have similar interests. So looking at this, they, this guy has a, a, a guy or, or woman has this uh, bug out location kind of already, you know, pre-made. So you, they would need to think about maybe uh, stocking some, some things over with uh, uh, the, the, the daughter's boyfriend's, you know, farm or whatever, whatever that might be. Um, you know, hopefully that relationship is good where the daughter and and uh, the boyfriend are in that good situation. They just don't turn out if that is their only means of, you know, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Um, and, uh, you know, being being a believer, I'm not so keen on them just living together. I'd love for them to get get married. That's a whole nother topic. I know people won't like that, but that's just the way I look at it. And uh, so hopefully, you know, eventually they, they do wind up getting married. So there's uh, there's that aspect, though, then of th- that they mentioned about about he mentioned about the uh, the insulin. And I know that that is a concern for a lot of people who prep and are diabetics and you want to stock as much insulin as possible and then have ways to keep it cool. If for whatever reason, uh, you know, you lose power, uh, that would be really, really important. I think I read, I'm pretty sure I read that they've come out with some new insulin that does not need to be refrigerated. And so that's something to look into. I don't know if it was experimental or uh, if it's already out there, but uh, that's something definitely that would be a game changer for a lot of people is trying to keep that uh, or, you know, having insulin and uh, stocking it and uh, to the point where you don't have to keep it cool. So that that's a big deal there and something to uh, to look into. And then lastly, the thing about kids, right? So the kids are growing up and that's a good place to be. You don't have young kids to, to think about, but older kids are eventually going to uh, wind up having kids of their own. And so that's something to think about and prepare for, you know, can you, and that was, that was a topic of a podcast that I uh, recently had, well, not recently, probably within the last year with Dr. Bones and, and nurse Amy of doomandbloom.net uh, about, Hey, well, how do we, how do we think about, you know, having babies in a grid down situation? What kinds of things do, do we need to think about? And so that's something that you can go and, and look up on, um, on the website and you can, you can easily find that one, but that's going to be one of those things. Eventually babies will be born and you'll have to deal with that. And, you know, right now everybody just goes to a hospital and that's just the easy way of doing that. But this, you know, so this one, this person feels pretty comfortable that they have um, some plans put in place and it sounds like they've thought, thought it through. Um, so you, you look, you have this family, right. That, that is kind of coming together. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, a good way of looking at it. All right. So a next, uh, or the next category is one, I, I'm just going to call this one confused. Okay. So let me go ahead and start this one. 
Todd, we have been advised not to share with others that we are prepping and yet told not to go it alone. It is confusing. I know my neighbors by face, but not really too deeply. I don't know if I can trust them. I am prepping and I am storing more than enough to try to help others. But to be in a group, I haven't done that. I am alone. Relatives laugh at me and think I'm in some cult and they are doing nothing to prepare. My heart aches for them. You have to be blind not to see the signs or are just plain shutting your eyes to everything around you. We have been warned. I do not hunt nor have guns. I may be an odd prepper, but I am doing what I can with what I have. Uh, I am in zip code and they share their zip code and not ashamed to stand for what I believe. But it is wise. But is it wise to join a group for one could be a fake? You know what I mean? Just some thoughts. And yes, I do know what you mean here, right? Because there are some people who might want to, you know, say, hey, let's start a group so that they can know the people around them and they can know who to target if they if they really truly need it. That's why you need to be careful, right? When you when you're talking about going out and just soliciting people for a group, it really the best thing to do is to is to come from a a point where you know these people already, you have a relationship already, and you're able to build from there. Right. So this person talked about uh, you know knowing their knowing their neighbors, but not knowing them too deeply. But I think that's smart. Is you're, you're you're getting to know them. I think it would be purposeful to get to know them, and you don't need to know every aspect of them. But I think it would be smart to to get to know them. You know, on a, a little bit deeper level. You know, and just any time that you can, uh, you know, talk with them. Again, this person is concerned about their family, and their family is you know laughs at them and think that this person's in a cult and and all that, and they feel alone. That's why it's so important. To have other people that you can connect with and talk to about preparedness because you, you don't wind up feeling alone. You realize there's a lot of other people in the same situation that you are in. I mean, just all these these emails that I received and you're hearing right now. I mean, you're you're realizing some of you can identify with some of these these emails that I received, and you're like, man, I'm in that same place that, that person is right there. And you're you realize you're not alone in this, right? And so I think I think that is important when we are uh, when we're prepping and realizing, you know, it can be kind of confusing because we're told to not go it alone, but we're told to find people, you know, and prep with other people. And so there's that balance that you need to find, you know, that that tension that we are in. All right. Moving on to the next one in this category. I do have friends that I would trust, but I don't think they are into prepping. One guy I work with does do some, but being work brittle and dependable, not so much. If the SHTF happened, I would want to be around the people that can make it happen, not give me a line of BS. I have no desire to have another place to go to. I would take my stand on my property where I know where everything is, have the tools needed. Planning for everything is not going to happen. Mother Nature will see to that. I grew up on a farm in the 50s and 60s and the work was hard, but worth it. I don't think most people would or could do it now. One reason trying to find a dependable prepper would be like me. They don't want anyone to know what they have or what they are doing. I know it would be hard without help if things were to get really bad because that is what it would take. All right. So again, another one who is, hey, I'm, I'm a little concerned about sharing everything out there, but there are some people in my life that I know that I could depend on. And they might not be preppers. And I think maybe that is a good way of starting to look at things. People that you know 
that are dependable, that are faithful, that are, you know, that have skills. And they might not consider themselves preppers because, again, the prepper label was kind of some people look at that as a very negative term. But they could be someone who, who would be very valuable in a, in a SHTF situation. So I, I, I love that. And I also love the understanding here that if there truly was a grid down situation, that it would be really, really tough. And a lot of people aren't prepared for that type of lifestyle, that type of uh, the work that it would be needed to 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 uh, to move on from there. And that uh, that's something to really consider. All right. So this next category is uh, I titled this one trouble with other preppers. I'm a 62-year-old female, and I live in this area. Uh, remove that area there. I have been prepping for three years now, five months off-grid. When I first moved onto my prepper property, there was a family of three living off-grid about a half mile from me. We became friends, and I thought we were going to be able to start a prepper group, but they ended up being way weird with their religious beliefs and started trying to school me on the must of me wearing a head covering, long dresses, and corsets, as well as worshiping on Saturday versus Sunday. We are no longer on speaking terms. I am a Christian woman, and I didn't feel it necessary to comply with their demands, which made them quite angry. I have several other friends who are preparing, but they live three to five hours away. We talk and share ideas, but I have no one geographically close. I cut my prepper teeth on your website and podcast and have followed you since I first began to prep. I've learned so much. I'd love to be in your email group, but refuse to use PayPal. If there's ever an alternative payment method, please let me know. God bless you for all you do for the prepper and Christian communities. Listen, if you want to join the group and you don't want to go through PayPal, just send me an email and maybe we can work something out there. But listen, this is a concern here where you are connecting with other people and then you, you, you know, you're, you're there, you're, you're starting to get tied in, but then you find out that you're not compatible with whatever it might be, whether it's their beliefs or, you know, whether it's the way that they, you know, whatever they do, you know, how they do things, how they see the world, how they see other people. And so that, that is a big problem. And so, you know, one of those things that you need to consider out there, again, that's why you don't always, you know, show your, you know, all your cards or, or whatever, but you get to know people on a, on a personal level first, and then you see if it's somebody that you're going to be compatible with, right? Before you start talking preparedness and, and all that kind of stuff. At least that's my view. And so uh, this, you know, I believe that this kind of a scenario has played out many times over in one way or another, where you start connecting with someone and or a group or a family or whatever. And then because of certain beliefs, things get broken off. Right. And hopefully things things uh, people can go their separate ways. And and that's just it. And hopefully there's not like bad, bad blood that that winds up happening. All right. So next in this uh, situation here or in this category, I am I am unaware of any prepper groups near me, but I would love to find one, especially one that would accept older people. We still have skills and knowledge that could be useful. I do live in a rural area and my neighbors are mostly like-minded. We've lived here three years. A previous place we lived had a prepper group, but they seemed to lack direction and there wasn't cohesion. It was like, come to meetings, but you're on your own otherwise. Not really what I'd call a useful prepper group. And I think that a lot of prepper groups are exactly like this, right? So it really, you know, going into it, you need to, you need to know what you are uh, getting into. So it could be that 
people are getting together just for the camaraderie, for the 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 relationship building. Let's uh, let's eat dinner together and let's just talk about preparedness versus just be, you know being on the internet all the time. So some people like that face to face connection. I know that in some prepper groups, people get together and they talk about skills, and so they'll bring up different. Uh, you know, hey, let's talk about bug out bags or let's talk about ways to cook uh, food and, and different things like that. And then there's others that are like completely, hey, this is, you know, we are going to depend on each other if the poop hits the fan. And, you know, there's property or there's a bug out location and there's, you know, there's uh, shelters being created and all those different kinds of things, you know. But again, it's it you need to know what you're doing when you're going into that and what you're expecting. So here's, here's another one. I thought this was uh, very interesting here. And this is one where I took out a lot of information, specific information. So we found a group about 10 or 12 years ago. There was about six families in it. The leaders or the founders have a couple of hundred acres of farmland way off the beaten path where we moved campers out to. At first, we stored any extra items in the barn. That changed fast. And there was a lot of plans to improve the property with underground cold storage. We'd get together once a month, and if we didn't have a learning or a Mylar bagging activity, we'd at least have a potluck dinner. The bug out location is the owner's hunting preserve. Our camper isn't salvageable. It was old when we bought it, and we haven't been able to get to it for years. Join another group, not on your life. So I took out a lot of the specific information that uh, where they started having you know issues with the other people in the group. And how it just kind of eventually dissolved. I mean, people, you know, just weren't taking it seriously anymore. People moved away and it just it, it just dissolved. Right. And so it's one of those things where it was such a bad experience that it's like, I don't want to find another prepper group. I'm just going to go it on my own. And, and that is an experience that a lot of people have. You know, it's like you have a, a big group of people who want to find a group and another group of people is like, man, I found a group and I didn't like what I experienced. And so um, I'm not I don't want to go that route. All right. So then this next category is is one that I'm going to title good with neighbors. So let's go ahead and uh, go into this one. And fortunate enough to have a couple of neighbors who also believe in readiness. We tried to join up with the statewide group 40 miles away, but due to name similarities with other nearby groups, this group folded. Though there were sincere individuals, I also perceived that this group was not well organized and probably were more interested in talking and flashing their gear. With our current neighbors, we share info from great sites and resources such as yours and share plans that make common sense for where we are. Man, I, I think that's great. You know, so they had a bad experience. But then they were able to, or an experience like I was talking about where, you know, hey, people want to get together, talk about gear, you know, talk about bug out bags, you know, get to know each other, just kind of have a little bit of a, you know, fellowship there. But then moving to someone that's close to you and being able to actually talk a little bit about preparedness and, and kind of move that way. So I think that's one of, uh, you know, the, the, the good success stories that you have there is that you're prepping with people that are really close to you. All right, so next up here is um, is this one. Yes, I have looked around to see if we could find any local prepper groups in our area. Did not find any groups that we would feel comfortable with. Probably our main concern is finding people who we could trust. After retiring in 2003 and moving to a certain state, we volunteered with the American Red Cross for about 11 years. We were first aid instructors and disaster action and preparedness instructors and team leaders in this state. We met all kinds of people. Some we provided emergency assistance to and some we worked with from government and local emergency management for larger events. 
we did gain a sense from training and experience when we were in situations and with people we needed to be cautious of. Our experiences varied widely from house fire, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, and providing assistance to military personnel and families. We experienced people who were very grateful for Red Cross assistance to others who thought we were supposed to adopt them and provide their every desire. We are very concerned about who would be in the prepper groups. Are they out to provide mutual assistance or out to see what they can get or take? We do have family, some within 50 miles, others 500 miles away. We have talked about what we would do in the event of disasters and we can bug out to our closest relatives and they can come here. It just depends on the situation. Also have a few neighbors that we trust and we can help them and they will help us as long as we are all here and sheltering in place. We are all in our mid-70s. Right. So here you have some older people with a lot of experience, right? And you want these people in your group, but in their experiences in dealing with people in, you know, an SHTF situation, they realize that, you know, people are going to react differently and they gained a lot of experience in just being able to read people. And I think that's so important. So this, you know, this uh, email here and the people that sent this email have, have family that, uh, you know, they have plans with, but then they also have people around them that they can trust. And so I think, you know, our plans, when we talk about a proper group and finding people, I think that's going to be important. We all come from different walks of life. We all have different, you know, needs that we have, and we need to take those things into consideration. Don't look at uh, the desire of, man, I need to find a group and throw all caution to the wind without truly thinking through, you know, all the scenarios and all the situation. All right. So uh, one more here in this category. I found a few people that I can trust. My mother, I can't leave her alone, so she has no choice. Both of my adult daughters and their spouses. I also have a few co-workers that are ex-military. They are my go-to guys for anything that needs built or weapons-based. I bounce ideas off of everyone. If it is a good idea, they jump on board. If they don't think it will work, we try collectively to figure out what will with the same outcome. We've had one more person, but he recently left the group. He did not contribute much, so we lost little when he left. It is very hard in a town of 3,300 to find like-minded people. I don't want to advertise what we are doing, but we do have a small group. Sometimes I think we need more help, but everyone else tells me they don't. There are only 10 of us. Of those, only nine help with any of the prep work. My mom is in ill health and can't contribute much, but she keeps us laughing and fed. I wish there were more people close to me that are in prepping. We could share ideas and work together. Unfortunately, most of our most of out of town don't think anything is ever going to happen. They think that I am crazy to can and dehydrate food. I tell them that it is the produce that I buy cheap in season. So I have produce for the winter that is not so expensive. I really do not want everyone knocking on my door when they run out of food, but they refuse to stockpile anything. Uh, and, and so it was unfortunately most of our town. I guess that's the way it should be read there. Um, so this is one of those great examples that people came together. The, the, people know each other. They're already, you know, they already know each other. They're able to come together. They're able to bounce things off of each other. They're able to help each other out and they see the importance of that. And so I think, you know, when we start thinking about finding a prepper group, I think that is a great example here. I think 10 people in a group, and I know that she said the mom doesn't contribute much, but if she's cooking, that is a big contribution there. It frees up somebody else to, to do the other, the other stuff that needs to be done. 
So I think that's really important. This is a really, you know, a good situation here. And sometimes we don't always realize the good situations that we're in, you know, like, hey, maybe we need more people. But, you know, you're really in a good situation right now. And so on, on this one. And then I like the idea of coming up with an excuse of, you know, when you're buying a lot of fruit or whatever, you're like, hey, yeah, I just want to have, you know, uh, fresh vegetables or whatever and, and fruit and vegetables or whatever uh, in, in the wintertime. So I'm canning them now so that I can have them, you know, uh, you know stuff that, uh, that I've canned myself. So that's, uh, that's a really great idea there. All right. So this next category is just one that I'm going to title Stay Quiet. And this is a very short email that I received. It says, I have found people who prep uh, keep it close to the vest. <laughs> That's all this person said. And I completely agree. I think you need to keep your information kind of close to you. you. You need to, you know, you don't put all your cards down on the table and so uh, I think that that's really great. All right. So uh, the last category here is prepping with family. So let's go ahead and do this one. We have planned for a family group, good, bad, or indifferent. I would like to hook up with other preppers in the area for mutual assistance. I've gone to a few meetings through meetup of their local prepper group, but that was in another city. And most of the preppers were new and had little or no practical knowledge. Not to mention it was quite a drive. I taught a few classes and the people were quite interested, but it seemed a little overwhelming. It's been my experience that there's a lot of people out there that are excited at the thought of prepping, but lack the drive, knowledge, and resources to follow through. Hope this helps some. A little background for context. My parents were Depression-era kids, so I was raised to scrimp and save. I spent 12 years in the Army, and my wife and I have been prepping, uh, or as she likes to call it, homesteading our entire marriage, 35 years. So I think that's a, a great uh, just you know, observation there of realizing that, you know, family is going to be one of those, those, even if they're not uh, willing, right? The indifferent, good, bad, or indifferent, I think is, is what was said here. And the fact is, is that if you have a spouse or your kids or, you know, you, they're not going to want to turn away other family. And that's a hard thing to think about when you have limited resources and, and things like that. But I, you know, I know people that prep for their family and their family thinks they're weird, but they prep for their family because they know that if there truly was a situation that they would wind up coming to them. And so that's uh, something to, to consider there. Um, the fact of teaching classes, I think that would be a great thing. And teaching classes and not calling them a prepper class or anything like that, but uh, just, you know, Saying even saying emergency preparedness, I think, is a lot easier for people to accept than prepping or being a prepper because emergency preparedness. I mean, even ready.gov and, and you know, FEMA, and uh, if you follow any of those, uh, like on Twitter, I mean, they use those all the time, you know, those that terminology. So that would be it, it's kind of funny how just changing the terminology would change the, the connotation to it. So saying, you know, emergency preparedness, people are like, oh, yeah, I want to be emergency. You know, I, I, I want to be emergency prepared for whatever might come versus, you know, yeah, I want to be a prepper. And so different people would see things uh, a little bit differently there. So I, I think the thought of teaching a class, I think that is a smart move because you can find other people. And so if, if you were just willingly to or willing to teach some classes, some basic classes. So, for instance, if you live down here in the Gulf Coast and just, you know, some hurricane preparedness classes, you would be able to eventually, 
connect with other people who would want to go a little bit deeper than that. So uh, good, good point there. And uh, I love this email. All right. Uh, one last one here. I'm lucky enough to have my grown children living on the same street, all within 500 feet of me. We discuss SHTF often, and they each have gotten on board to one degree or another. One thing we can all rest assured on is we are we are all like-minded and know without a doubt we can count on one another in a time of need in any unplanned event. With current events being what they are in our state and the small community we live in, I see way too many people giving in to government overreach. It's for this reason there aren't many people other than my own I feel I can trust and count on. I appreciate all you do. So again, I love this one. I think it's, you know, your family, if you can get your family on board, like this one said, uh, not only on board, but they live next to each other. So I think that's a great benefit there. But then if they're on board to one degree or another, you know, I was talking to someone the other day who uh, their daughter started, you know, noticing some of the things that were going on and some of the, the things on Facebook. I think it was a member, it was a member on um in our, in our group, if I remember correctly, in one of our online meetups, and they were talking about how, you know, their daughter had uh, screenshotted something that they saw on social media and had sent it to them, you know, and it was like, yeah, here you go. You're, you're starting to pay attention because you're starting to see it. I'm not, I'm not crazy old dad here, right? I'm, I'm someone who is paying attention to what's going on in the world. And so, you know, having your family on board is, is great. You don't want to scare them into it. You don't want to freak them out. You don't want to, you know, do that. But if they start to see some of the craziness that's going on in the world and they start to agree that being prepared is, is a smart move, that's a great place to be in having your family on board with you. All right. So that kind of ends all the emails that I received. Um, I didn't use all of them, but man, that, that's a lot of uh, good information there. So I just wanted to kind of continue this conversation and just sharing some things that uh, I've learned throughout the years and things that uh, I think are important when we're considering finding a prepper group. So yesterday I put on Craigslist, actually I've had it on Craigslist for uh, for a couple of weeks, but I was getting rid of a dehydrator. And so I have a, you know, it was a, like a Nesco dehydrator that I bought. It was one of the first ones I bought and it was just kind of boxed up and in my garage and I'm, you know, I was cleaning out my garage, trying to make some room. And I have a bigger dehydrator that uh, that I have. And so I was, uh, I put it out there. And I, you know, this guy finally he uh, he emailed me and he wanted to to pick it up. So we met at a uh, another location. I never I never put my my home or I never go to their home. I always meet somebody somewhere, you know, at a different location and uh, a neutral location. And we, you know, we started talking. And so here's my mindset here is this person could just want to dehydrate or this person could be looking at food shortages and all the things that are going on and they might want to start putting some food away. So as I'm showing this dehydrator, right, and uh, letting them see all this, I start to just kind of ask some questions and, and, and different things. And this person said that they were wanting to dehydrate because they were they were planning on hiking and, and uh, backpacking more. And so, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, sometimes the food can be a little heavy. And they were mentioning different things. And it kind of didn't completely sit with me with, with the, you know, the ounces. I know like just a couple of ounces, you know, one way or the other can, can make a big difference when you're talking about long uh, long treks, but I kept pushing a little bit more. Like maybe this person is a prepper. 
a closet prepper and they just don't want to disclose it just yet. And so I just kind of kept pushing a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and it could have been that it was, you know, in not pushing like why you want to do it, but just, you know, like, hey, okay, are you hiking, you know, here, you know, in, in Houston? Because, man, the humidity is crazy, right? And, and so then he wound up sharing information that, no, his family lives in another state. And so he goes and he visits them. And when he visits them, I mean, the state would be, I guess, uh, way up north. And then it's, uh, you know, better conditions for hiking. And I mean, we have trails down here in Houston and in Texas. Come on. <laughs> but uh, this area would be so much more beautiful, you know, when you're talking about hiking and going into the mountains and different things like that. And so he was talking about, you know, dehydrating food so that he can take it into into that. So, it, it, you know, just kind of pushing it. Um, I didn't feel like he was a prepper or if he was, he wasn't going to divulge any more information, uh, you know, in that way. But that's kind of what I do when I start talking to other people. And so recently on, on another podcast, I can't remember which episode it was, but I shared that I was talking with a, a coworker and we were talking about some of the crazy events that were going on. And it came out that, you know, this is a person who prepares. Now, he doesn't call himself a prepper. But he's looking around at the world and he's looking around at all the things. This is a smart person. He's looking around at the world and looking around at all the things that are there. And he is, uh, you know, making plans so that he can take care of his family and he can take care of, of his kids if things were, you know, food shortages and, and uh, you know, you had all these other things that were going down, you know, wind up happening. And so the conversation just kind of started, you know, we were talking about all the craziness that was going down. And if you pay attention to what other people are saying, you can kind of probe a little bit more. And, you know, they start using words like, you know, hey, we just want to, you know, be prepared if something like this happens. Or, you know, hey, I read an article of uh, there could be some possible food shortages or, hey, you know, this, you know, uh, the freeze, you know, I never want to be. Oh, I remember what he told me. He said, you know, when the freeze happened, uh, we were fine. You know, uh, we were fed, we were warm, we, you know, we didn't have any issues whatsoever. And that kind of spawned uh, even going a little bit deeper, you know, I'm like, yeah, I was in the same predicament, you know, uh, you know, I have this and this and this. And, and so it wound up coming, you know, coming out that this person, um, he didn't call it, like I said, he didn't call himself a prepper, but uh, he would be a prepper in all uh you know, in, in, in all the, the line items, right. You, you would just like all the descriptions, like you fit the, the, the role, the label of a prepper. Again, people don't like that label. So one of the things that came up was, uh, the target shooting. Remember we, we talked about that one, the person that was in another country, I've always said that firearms and gardening are like gateways into prepping. And, uh, you know, and I would even put even ham radio in there, although you still need to be careful, right? You still, you don't like, hey, everything, you show up with your firearms or you show up to a gardening club and like, hey, I'm, I'm you know, growing vegetables for the end of the world. Of course, you, you're not going to use something like that, right? But you start, it starts opening up the conversation of, well, you know, when we have too much produce, we, you know, what do you do with that? Oh, well, I can some of it. I dehydrate some of it, you know, like, oh, really you can. Yeah, well, you know, I can. And, and you kind of allow that to be another, you know, jumping off point. And you can kind of go a little bit deeper into knowing a person and knowing, you know, what they do in their hobbies 
And again, it could be that they never consider themselves a prepper. They would never call themselves a prepper. But by all sakes, for all sakes and purposes, all the things that they do are is all preparedness related. And so you can you can find that in the firearms world. You can find that in gardening. Uh, you can find that in the ham radio. And so you get connected to some of these clubs and just start having those conversations. But again, not going off the rail, you know, like, are you prepping for the zombie apocalypse? You know, not not doing that, but, you know, opening up the conversation and just listening and being smart about it and just, you know, throwing out a little bit more here and there. You know, some of the emails that I received talked about prepping in their community. And I really believe that that is one of the the ways that you can do it. Right. And I've, I've, all, I've said this before. Um, you know, if you have your family with you, that's great. And I know that like I have, you know, like my parents would be coming to my home. But one of the things that I would do is I would be rallying if it was a true SHTF situation where things were like really, really bad. I would be rallying my neighbors. I would be, you know, getting them together and talking about, hey, look, this is how bad it is. And this is where it could be going. A lot of them are sensible. There are some that I don't know if I could trust or not. And I wouldn't be necessarily talking about, uh, you know, food storage and all that kind of stuff. It would be more about, hey, maybe we need to organize for protection. Maybe we need to, you know, think about how we're going to move forward from here. And so, again, knowing your neighbors, not knowing them deeply, not knowing every little, you know, thing about them, not being that crazy neighbor that snoops around, right? But at least you maybe you know their names and you're able to have a conversation with them. And when you see them outside, you're you're waving or you're saying hi or good morning. And, uh, you know, you get their their mail in your mailbox. You're able to go over there and take it to them like, hey, you know, just want to you know give you this or, you know, whatever it might be. But you're starting to, to get to uh, some familiarity with them. So if things went south, if you don't have a bug out location, if you don't have a place where you're going and you're relying on just your neighbors in your neighborhood, then you're able to come together at least for mutual support and wherever that goes. And when people are, they find themselves in a specific situation. So like the, the woman who was... Um, who had the issue with the other people because of beliefs, right? Who were worshiping on Saturday and wanted her to wear dresses and all that kind of stuff. Right. So uh, in that situation, you know, you don't have anything common at that point, right? You just live in the same area. But if you're in a, in, in a neighborhood or in a community and you are in all thrown into the same kind of event, well, you there might not be people who believe the same way, maybe spiritually. They might not believe the same way politically. They might not, you know, uh, think the same way and, and, you know, all these other things that are out there that divide the world. But you have something in common is, you, you know, your neighbors and you want to make sure that your families are protected and you're safe. And then from there, you're able to build on from there. And so I've always talked about that. And I think that that is something that you really need to consider if you don't have other options. I really think that that is something you need to do. Because of that, I did do a, a, a challenge and I released it years ago, or maybe not years ago, maybe a year ago. And I really don't promote it that much. It's, it's there, it's in the show notes. But if you've never gone through it, it might give you some ideas. So it's called the five day find your prepper group challenge. And it's all run by email. And so if you've never gone through that, that might give you some some ideas 
and some things to help you when you're when you're considering connecting with your neighbors. All right. So um, there is going to be a link in the show notes to make it really easy for you if you've never gone through that. And again, it's all run through email and there, there are some goodies in there for you. If uh, if you've never gone through it, you, you'll want to go through that. And then I want to end with this. One of the things that uh, was just a big benefit that happened with the the email group that I was not expecting. When I, when I created the email group, I was doing, I wanted to make the email group a place that was easy for people to get to because there's a lot of people that don't want social media. The Facebook group is there and there's all, all these other social medias out there. But people are like, I don't want to be tracked. I don't want to be on social media, you know? And I'm like, you know, the email group, I just remember being in an email group when like the internet first started. And it was like this one email that you send to and everybody who was in the group received the email. And I'm like, man, if there was something like that still around, that would be great. And it wasn't connected to like the one that I remember was with Yahoo or it was called eGroups. And some of you might remember that eGroups and then Yahoo bought them out back when Yahoo was more popular than Google and Yahoo bought them out and they became Yahoo groups. But then they, I, mean, I think they're still there, but they just kind of faded away. They really weren't when social media kind of uh, sparked up, but it's still owned by Yahoo. It's still owned by another, by another, uh, you know, company. And I wanted it uh, something to be just that I owned and no one else could could see what was coming in and out, right? It was going to be on my own server. And so I found something like that. And lo and behold, it was on the very servers that, you know, Prepper website is, is hosted on and the podcast is hosted on. And I was like, man, that's like, maybe it's a God thing. And so I connected with that, uh, with that email group and uh, I, I installed it and I did everything I needed to do. And I've been running it ever since. And it was just a big benefit. I mean, it's, it's a really helpful thing. And there's a lot of people that just kind of, they, they kind of lurk, you know, and others that, uh, you know, are very active in it. But one of the things that happened that it really was not planned is when COVID kind of started up, I, I started a Zoom, you know, Zoom meetings. And it was like once every, every other week. So, you know, basically two times a month, right? every other week. And it was just like, hey, if you want to connect, you know, and you want to get on Zoom and you want to talk, you know, go for it. And man, it was really a great deal. And it was it was something that I, I wind up looking forward to now all the time we do it. And you have regular people that are always on there and they're always sharing what they're doing with preparedness. And then others that, um, you know, they pop in and out as they can. Others, uh, you know, that can't listen um, or they can't talk because maybe it's late where they're at, but they're listening. And others, you know, they don't uh, have their cameras on, but uh, and they don't have a microphone, but they just type it out, type it out, and they share what what is going on. So I just thought it was such a great, you know, it was one of those things that was not planned, but it was just a great benefit to the group, and I've just continued it ever since because um, it's one, like I said, it's one of those things that I look forward to. So what I want to do is extend an invitation to anyone who is not in the email group to experience one of those Zooms. So it's going to be like a preview Zoom, I guess. It'll be a one-time deal, but I just want to give you that experience if you've never done it before to be able to connect with other preppers online and just, you know, have a maybe have a conversation and I'll run it the same way that I run our other Zoom meetings. 
and uh, just see what it's like. And if you like it, it's something that you want to continue on. Well, then you have that option. You know, it's only $20 a year to join the group and uh, just very beneficial. So if you are interested in attending a preview Zoom, I guess I'm calling it a preview Zoom. Uh, I mean, I don't know what other name to call it. But if you'd like to, we're going. I'm going to hold that on August 17th, 2021 at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And that's what time we normally do it. So I'm trying to stay consistent. But I'm doing it on an off week where we normally have our meeting. I'm doing it on an off week. And so if you want to... Um, you know, experience that. If you want to connect with other people through Zoom, then I have a link where you can sign up. Now, I'm going to keep it kind of small. I can I can handle up to 100 people in the Zoom room, but I think that would be too crazy. It would be too much. So I'm probably going to cut it off at 40 or 50 people. So if you want to connect, if you want to join, don't hesitate. Go join the, the list so that you can get the information so that I can send it out to you when we get closer to the date. And I, I won't send it out, you know, until like the day before. And then I'll send out a reminder so you'll have that and uh, to be able to connect. But if you, again, if you feel like, you know, one of the biggest categories was people who were lonely, people who were, uh, you know, they kind of felt like they were out there on their own. And if you feel like that, well, then I want to invite you to a place where there are people that are just like you that are going through some of the same things that you're going to and going through. And, and not only that, but people that have some experience that where you can learn from and you can you can help each other. Right. And so uh, I completely think that this is uh, one of those great benefits out there. And so I hope that if you are in that situation where you feel kind of alone and you want to connect with other preppers, then I hope that you would join this Zoom preview and uh, and come join us on August 17th. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 705. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this one. This is kind of a different episode. But if you are not subscribed to the show, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com. We link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best readiness articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. And then, you know, next time I ask a question, you can give me some of your experiences and I can share them on the on the podcast too. When you do, when you do sign up for the podcast or for the email list, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.